Uh, hi, this is Kamina, and I am listening to the Brutally Delicious podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Brutally Delicious podcast. I'm Bruce. And I'm Chris. And Rena has disappeared off the call. Oh. And you're <laughs> and you're listening to <laughs> Side Dish with Kamina. All right. Yeah, we're all here. Meet Kamina. Hi. Hello. <clears throat> nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Hey, thanks for joining us. We won't keep you too long. Hey, that's okay. I've been really actually looking forward to this a lot. I'm a big metal fan myself, and I couldn't believe when uh, Lee reached out to me. I said, you're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, have you listened guys, to this podcast before? I have. I checked it out immediately when she sent it to me. I wasn't aware of it before. But, oh, no. Um, started and you still agreed? <laughs> I'm sorry? <laughs> and you still agreed to do it? Yeah. I'm here, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm going listen, to apologize. I usually for- don't. I don't wake up before 10 a.m. for most people, so it's it's eight eight thirty my time here. Where are you? <laughs> I'm in Santa Fe, New Mexico, right now. Oh wow! Nice. Yeah. What's it? What's the uh, whole pandemic like in Santa in New Mexico? It's probably a lot different, right? Because it's so wide open. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. I think people natu- I think people move here to naturally like self isolate. Uh, and microdose their human contact with people, I think, is what they, they move here to do. So it wasn't really, uh, uh, you know, I moved here to work on the EP uh, just to kind of distance myself from everything, from distraction. And, um, yeah, I have to be honest, I haven't really noticed uh, a lot of differences until I travel to bigger cities, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, I see it. It's it's more. I'm more aware, I guess, when I go to larger cities. But here, everybody's this is just desert life. You you move to the desert to isolate and live in solitude for a while. And I think, uh, yeah, we haven't really been affected. We didn't have any cases until recently. Uh, I think we're one wow. of the last cities in the in the country to get a case of COVID. And I think it was actually in Albuquerque. It wasn't even in Santa Fe proper. So, wow. yeah, people haven't been sick here. <laughs> well, that's a good that's thing. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it is a good thing. And it's it's beautiful here. It's freezing cold now. I actually just flew in late last night from Los Angeles. Um been working on, on the next DP. So uh so yeah, just got here and then, you know, adjusted to the time change and, and I'm awake for this call. So so happy to, to meet you. <laughs> well thank you. <laughs> hey Bruce, can you can you stop breathing heavily into the microphone? Oh fuck you. <laughs> Again with a female, Bruce. Again, Rena, are you hearing it really, Rena? No, I'm not. I, I, Thank I you. I think he's making this shit up. I'm not. <laughs> I'm the audio. I'm the guy in charge of recording this thing. I'm the one recording. I'm just trying to make it the best it can be here. Oh, seriously. I'm not so, wearing com- headphones, so maybe that's the reason I'm not picking it up. Uh, I don't know. Okay, so, anyways. Kamina. Yes. So, Kamina, for those not familiar with your work, can you give us a two-sentence boardroom pitch? <laughs> Two seconds board, like an elevator pitch? Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a it's a trip hop, lo-fi sort of ambient project, um, and it's it's actually a unique sound. I wanted to make a project that I hadn't heard before, and mix um, like some South American. 
influence from my uh, ethnic background and infuse it with some deep bass and um, yeah, just I, I set out to craft a sound that I hadn't heard before, and it's it's uh, kind of turned into this this. Yeah, the best way I can describe it is lo-fi ambient trip hop, but it's it's actually so much more than that, and it's it's really hard to define with with musical terms other than those things. Um, I can tell you what was used to craft the sound, but it's kind of become its own thing. Um, so actually, that's a really hard question for me to still answer, even after all the press I've done for it. Uh, it still it still stumps me every time. But uh, but I am happy with with how it's come out, and I, and the best way to answer that question is it's the greatest compliment when people say i haven't heard this before or right. what is this <laughs> yeah. so so that's how i would define it i think i think uh, people that listen to it can start to add words and and their own descriptive um nouns to it i guess and adjectives but uh but yeah i don't know it's, it's kind of becoming its own thing it's it's a different thing to everyone depending on what your musical taste background is but the beauty of it is a lot of people have been drawn to it because of its differences in the sound, um, which is great. And I think that's what led me to speaking to you guys this morning, which is a, a huge compliment. So sure. I was listening to uh, uh, forever and always and watching the video. Uh huh. And the first thing that kind of popped out to me is I felt like I was watching like a new, um, I will always love you video. <laughs> or not, uh, not, not. I will always love you. Uh, what's that Sinead O'Connor song that Prince wrote? Fuck. Uh, nothing, nothing compares. Yeah, yeah. Nothing compares to you. And I was just yeah. like, that's kind of what I felt like a more modern version of it because the video, like the cinematography, is just so kind of simple yet mesmerizing at the same time. Was that an intentional? Um, choice that you made or did you have a cinematographer kind of deal with it and sketch it out how did you go about with the video oh uh yeah so i was supposed to make these videos in los angeles and of course back in may and um of course covid happened and everything was shut down productions were shut down so i called an old friend of mine who i've known for 20 years and i said would you come to santa fe for a week and make two music videos with me. I have some ideas sketched out for this. And of course, budget is always an issue um, with making music videos. Yeah. <laughs> They're just so expensive to make. And as an indie musician, you just, it, it, it adds, you know, the limitations of, of um, yeah, not having a lot and trying to make something really, really good and tangible uh, with very little, which I love those challenges because it just allows you to get even more creative. So, so what I did was in my house, I set up this black um, velvet backdrop and got my kitchen stool out that spun and uh, ordered a lighting kit so that we could have the opacity really high so that we could play with color in the post. Yeah. So editing it out. So that's that's kind of how that came. It's like the cheapest music video I think that's ever been made <laughs> in terms of in terms of what it is. But 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 I am so pleased with how that came out. And I'm really happy you asked about that that video because the inspiration I was gonna ask you guys about this if you guys had seen this movie, but there's a movie that came out in twenty eighteen called Mandy. Um it's with Nicolas Cage. It was directed by, by Panos Cosmatos. Do you guys know about this movie? I don't know. I'm gonna have to <laughs> I watch do not. That. I am shocked because it is the most metal thing I've ever seen in my life, and it is the greatest movie ever. And you guys need to see it ASAP. Well, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing it down as we speak. 
Yeah, I mean, it has everything in it. It has, like, uh, this cult in it, led by this cult leader named Jeremiah. He's really sadistic in this movie, and it's kind of a horror thriller film, and then there's this, like, acid cult that is, like, all black leather, and they, you know, are, like, metalheads, but they make this acid, and they drink this acid, and they kidnap this woman who's, like, this um, ethereal, like, post-apocalyptic, like, um illustrator for for books and and then nick cage and they live in this forest and he's like he uh is a lumberjack and yeah she's kidnapped anyways i don't want to get too much away but but the way the movie was made stylistically is like so beautiful and i kind of took a lot of my inspiration for forever and always from from that movie and because uh, there's this one scene they play a lot with color and um, there's this one scene where her face kind of morphs into this back and forth between this cult leader and her. And um, it, it, anyways, I used a lot of the stylistic elements from that movie for forever and always with me kind of morphing as I'm spinning yeah. a little bit. So, uh, so yeah, so Mandy was the direct inspiration for how that video came out. And, and it actually fits with the music as well there's a lot there's a lot of restraint and especially with the vocals and um and that approach is incredibly intentional just in terms of i want the music to have its own space but i also want to allow for moments to be slightly off kilter um and so yeah so that video if you if you watch it there's a i actually wrote the the, the song about a dog that passed away my dear uh, Olivia, she passed away last year, and uh, she actually shows up in that video twice, but very quickly, and you have to be paying attention to catch it, where our faces kind of morph together in in the video. So, anyway, yeah, there's a lot of little things in there uh, that are incredibly understated, but anyways, yeah. Yeah, I also love the track, and I love your sound. I think there's like this um, Portis heady sort of you know, feel back at times. And, and like, you even do this thing with your, with your voice at at like one point, which is very much what Beth, um, Beth, uh, Gibbons does, you know, like, I'm I'm sure it's not like intentional that she's more like, you know, picked that up, but it was just like, like, um, original yet familiar moment in the vocals. But yeah, really, really like that track. And the video is so cool. Thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big Portishead fan. So that's a compliment. Thank you. One thing. What is your, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I think one of the things I really liked about the track besides the vocal, which is quite good. And the video is stunning is how you took the drums and you added a lot of swing to them. Uh huh. And, um, and the way you were distorting the, the bass. Now, do you engineer your own recordings or does someone else do that? How do, how do you deal with that situation? Yeah, so I come up with the tracks originally with my producer, and then for this, yeah, for this EP, we went into a studio so that we could uh, just manage the levels because it's tricky when you're recording deep bass because you want it to be able, and that actually comes through in mastering as well later. But it's it's really complicated because you have different speaker levels, and you don't want to blow someone's speakers out. You still want everything to be super balanced right so it it was a challenge actually that's a good question nobody's asked me that yet um it's it's a challenge to get that deep bass sound but have it be mixed properly with everything else going on yeah i call Um, as an audio engineer i call that the blow up the car test 
So. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. After each track, I went into my car to listen to the mix. That's how the mixes were determined based on the levels of my car speakers. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't doubt it. <laughs> because cars are so bass heavy, generally speaking, at least modern cars. Uh-huh. So, so like, you know, you might be sitting in front of like some high end speakers in a studio. You're like, yeah, that's great. And then you get in your car and like the windows are shaking. You're like, oh no, yeah. <laughs> you know? what the hell just happened? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I noticed that right away because there's a lot of distortion on the on the sub bass. And I don't when I say distortion, I mean more saturation, so that you right. get you can hear it not just in low speakers but also in regular speakers and earbuds or whatever, mm-hmm. which, which I thought was quite smart. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we worked really hard. And, and you know, to be honest, I still think it's too heavy. <laughs> oh, no, no. I- it's it's great. I, 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 right now I'm sitting in like a room that's like quite flat and it's mm-hmm. the mix is great. It's really, really good. Oh, good. All right. Well, that's good to hear. Like, I still think it could have come down like, but I'm a perfectionist. So I was like, oh, just give me two more decibels. Just bring it down to like stuff that people aren't going to hear, but I hear it, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, right. absolutely. But, but yeah, but I started out as an engineer, so that's that's before I started playing music. So, um, so yeah, so I, I do I do know how to engineer, but I prefer not to do it with my own projects because I'll never release anything if that's the case. <laughs> I, that I understand. <laughs> that I totally understand. Yeah. Yep. yeah, you could like if you're mixing your own stuff, or you know, you'll sit there and you'll be like, hmm. What if I do half a dB here and half a dB there? Oh, exactly. Yeah. It's torture. It's it's really torture for me. It's just like I'll never, yeah, I'll never get anything done because I'll just try to be perfecting everything. Well, yeah. Yeah. And so. your focus changes too. And because you're part of everything about it, you have the ability to just be like, oh, I'm going to listen to just this quiet little background piece right now. And, and exactly. that's, suddenly that's the only thing you can <laughs> focus on. And it's too loud. And so you turn it down and then you go in your car and you listen to it. You're like, well, where did it go? It's not there anymore. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 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 And then, yeah, it's, it's, sorry. Yeah. How do you feel about like, if if you have like sort of a limitless timeline to like redo your vocals? Cause that's like the worst for me. If I, if I have something that is, I'll release it when I'm ready. I'll never get the vocals done because there's always been something that I want to fix that I'm sure everybody else (laughs) and judge me as a singer by that half a second bit (laughs) that is imperfect, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I, I was a vocal performance major in school, so I sing opera. And so like, I've been trained to not have anything be dissonant. You have to hit every note. You have to hit it in a certain way. And with this project, it was so fun for me because I personally find a lot of beauty in the imperfection of things. Right. And dissonance became sort of a theme vocally through every track. So like, like on Fly Away, the second track, um, I'm slightly flat on a few parts. And that was intentional, even though that would normally drive someone like me absolutely nuts. It was, it was a way for me to communicate uh, just the the pain in that song, right? <laughs> and uh, so I, I've used it as the technique. I used imperfections as techniques to kind of drive a message through. And my some of my favorite artists um, are not the best vocalists either. Uh, like Neil Young is a really good example. Amen. <laughs> Love it. You know, and I'm a I'm a massive Neil Young fan, and I feel like nobody. 
you have to be willing to let those things go. I think for the, for the artistry, for the emotion or whatever you're trying to convey come through. And I think some of the most beautiful things I've ever heard have those elements in it. And it adds a human experience to it. You know, we're not perfect as people, as individuals, as artists, especially. And so I think a part of the artistry is just trying to find, find yourself, find what works for you and not beat yourself up about certain things. And so uh, that's what this project sort of became uh, for me uh, from, as from, from a vocal approach anyway. Right. So, but I understand what you're saying and, and I understand now that, now that I've heard it, you know, hundreds of times now that it's done, uh, you know, there are certain things I can nitpick at, but at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? This works. This works because right. of this. Yeah. You know? I think, I think R and B does that quite a bit <clears throat> where they come up, especially when they're doing runs, it's intentionally slightly flat. And mm -hmm. like you say, it creates that element of kind of yearning or pain or, or however you want to say it. Yeah, exactly. Because if you do something too perfect, like there are a few takes that I've done that I did over and over but I ended up using the actually the first vocal take for Fly Away specifically we used. It was the first one we used. And then I heard the flat parts and I was like, oh, let's try and perfect it. And then I, I went back and listened to the perfect take. And I was like, this just doesn't have the emotion or the rawness I want in it. So we ended up going back and using the first the first one for that reason. But um but yeah, but yeah, Forever and Always is probably the most R and B attempt I made on the entire EP. And I was definitely trying to channel. I was thinking of like Whitney Houston or, you know, <laughs> when I was really belting out those notes. But, uh, right. but yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we have to wrap up here. Um, before, oh, okay. Sorry. We have um, a full day here where we're just. Hey, before we go, though, if uh, people out there listening want to find your music, go ahead and plug your, your sites and, and that's all. Oh, stuff. sure. Yeah, uh, if you want to hear more of Kamina, you can go to kaminamusic.com, uh, and I constantly update that website with new news and videos and music, uh, but I'm on Spotify, uh, iTunes, and uh, every other streaming service, uh, Bandcamp and SoundCloud. So you and can find you're pretty active social media-wise? Oh yeah, social media-wise, I'm Kamina Music on all channels, so Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, it's Kamina Music. Cool, and you're pretty active, fans can get hold of you. Oh it's yeah. Fun. Absolutely. Awesome. My response rate is pretty good. I'm under five minutes. So. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I got a new I question think... now for every band that we interview. What's your response oh, rate on Messenger and Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I hate to cut you off, but we've got another one right behind you here. Okay, sure. Yeah, it was great talking to you guys. Thank I you really for taking the time. I really appreciate yeah, you, your you. time, and, and thanks for joining us today. Yes, sure, and I'll send Lee so the uh, link when it's up. Okay, great. All right, be well, Kamina. Take care. Thank you, you Bye. too. Bye-bye. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh, yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.